It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Uh, we have made it to episode number 31, so the girlfriend's hanging around, and we're getting our own place together. So it's exciting around here at BGN Radio. Welcome, everybody, in. My name is John Barger, and I'm your co-host here, along with the three handsome gentlemen to my left, right, and center, the uh, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. What's happening, sir? Happy to be here, as always. Mr. James Zeltzer from 97.5 The Fanatic. What's going on, buddy? You wait, waited till 31 to move in with the GF, huh? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's cautious. Got to make sure there's no prenup involved. Uh, and, of course, to the Mr. Beautiful, Mr. Patrick Wall, Patty Ice. What's happening, buddy? I've met the girlfriend. She's very nice. Yeah, well, see, it's, it's, uh, it's all coming together. And hey, she, she actually exists, Patrick? <laughs> it's, it's proven? Yeah. Yeah, totally. yeah. She, doesn't, uh, she doesn't live in Canada, so that's exciting. Um, it, you know, things are starting to come together for the show. Uh, things are also starting to come together for this uh, draft class here as we'll go through a couple of uh, notes. Uh, Mr. Matthews signing it off, so uh, we only have Marcus Smith to worry about. And then this draft class is all officially signed as we get into OTAs today. Uh, other uh, semi-related notes, Sean Lee, never wish for injury against the, you know a rival opponent, but man, oh man. How do you tell tear your ACL and MCL in an OTA workout? Anybody got an idea how that might happen? It shouldn't happen because it's supposed to be strictly no contact. Yeah, that's why, I, you know, either uh, is that something that the uh, uh, Players Association might look into? I think it I should would. be, sure, yeah. Uh, it, whether or not, it, you know, it's just, it's not a good sign for Dallas. It's a great sign for the Eagles. Um, you know, eight and eight, baby. That's a, keep the trend at continuing. Um, yeah, but uh, kind of exciting that Jordan Matthews is all signed up. Uh, I, I would assume Marcus Smith is just going to take, you know, couple of uh days uh here kind of see how the rest of the first round kind of falls down and yeah that's how uh that stuff goes i'm guessing it's you know between three and four years and not really about uh money or anything but getting into OTA, uh, ota's brandon lee gunton what should we uh be looking out for here any uh important battles 
that you might see. Well, I think that's the funny thing. You know, we're all talking about battles at this point. You know, obviously that doesn't get more into it until training camp. But, you know, I took a look at the, the Eagles roster today and, you know, I did a post on this. And, you know, I'm looking at the roster and I don't see a lot of spots that are really up for grabs. I mean, you, you look at a basic outline of the roster and you can kind of see who all the starters are. There's a few spots on the defense, like at uh, like a safety, obviously, Earl Wolf and... Nate Allen are kind of fighting for a spot. You know, I think there's a case where you have a guy who's come back and Allen and a rookie, well, a second year player now and Wolf who Wolf is the player there who probably has to play to win the job. You know, Allen can kind of just play not to lose. Uh, I don't, I don't think they hand Wolf the job unless he earns it. And then you look at cornerback and you have uh, Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher returning, but it's funny because neither of those guys, well, Williams could be a cap casualty, and then Fletcher is a unrestricted free agent after the season, so they could both be gone. But they could also both be your starting quarterbacks this year. You also have Nolan Carroll in the mix there, and they drafted Jalen Watkins. And the other one uh, is now some people call this a battle, but I, I don't think it is. It's you know Marcus Smith versus Trent Cole. I think Trent Cole finished the season strong. I think the team likes him. I think they know that they need to upgrade in the future. And that's why, obviously, Marcus Smith is here. And if Smith just tears up the training camp and preseason, just looks like a, a dominant player, obviously he can earn the job. But, you know, I, I just don't think that's going to happen because he's a rookie. You know, there's going to be a learning curve there. I think those are the most important ones to watch. I think you look at the offense and there's no real jobs up for grab as far as starters go. Well, that's one of the things that I want to see uh, that's more important offensively. It's not really a battle is – you know, to see Jerry, uh, Jeremy Macklin running around, um, I think he's going to be one of the most important pieces of this offense. Uh, you know, what, James, what do you, how do you feel about that uh, kind of as a whole? Um, is there any indication that would make you feel better? Uh, just, you know, other than, uh, yeah, it looks great, not in pads yet, but, uh, you know, what, what would you want to see out of Macklin in these OTAs? I think you just want to see health here. You know, I think we, we learned last offseason with Kelly and his offseason program and even in, in training camp, uh, he's not going to show people much. You know, he's going to keep a lot of stuff tight to the vest. He's not going to let people know what he's doing. I think you just want to see Macklin out there running full speed. You want to see him moving quickly and, and you want to see him get integrated into the offense and really learn his role and be able to kind of, you know, thrive in a Chip Kelly offense. And I, I think he will. I think we're all positive about it, but I, I think health is really the only thing you're looking for there because I don't think Chip's going to let anything other than that out. And Patrick, the, uh, you know, special teams obviously is pretty much all tied up. We've talked about Myrtle Lake before in the past. I mean, is there anything you would want to see out of him differently other than, you know, being able to kick the ball farther than Alex Henry? Is that all you're really looking for? Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how, how Spear is feeling about this OTA because the only highlights we've ever seen of his have been him trucking fools and Cordero Patterson and, and all that fun stuff. We haven't seen him much highlights in the way of kicking. So since he can't hit anybody at camp, uh, he's going to have to kind of bring it with his leg. So it's going to be interesting to see because you want him to push Henry. Uh, obviously, I don't think most people feel like Spear is going to beat Henry in a, in a competition. Um, seems like the Eagles kind of want Henry to win, but they also kind of want to light a little bit of a fire under his butt. Um, so you want to see, if nothing else, you want to see Spear at least put up a little bit of a fight and, and you know make life a little bit difficult for Alex Henry because 
I think we can all agree his life's been a little little too easy since uh, since he was drafted. And James, are you interested at all to see, you know, how Mark Sanchez does that? I know you're a big critic of the signing, so uh, do you, uh, do you, how badly do you want to see Barkley versus Sanchez? I, I, not at all. I don't care either <laughs> way. I, I think if Foles goes down, we're in a lot of trouble. I don't think it's a situation like last year where – Vic goes down and there were people out there who thought Foles was better to begin with, you know, even in training camp, we thought Foles should win the job. Uh, That's clearly not the case this year. I don't think anyone has any uh, delusions that Sanchez or Barkley is going to lead the team to glory. Um, I I probably like Barkley a little bit more just because, you know, we already know what Sanchez is and, and don't like it. So, you know, I, I think with Barkley, at least maybe there's some upside there theoretically, Maybe his shoulder really wasn't healthy last year, and if he is healthy, maybe he can be a little better. I mean, his style does fit well with what Chip wants to do, a lot of short passes, a lot of quick release. You know, that's the kind of stuff that Barkley can do. He's not a guy who's going to throw it 70 yards down the field from his knees or anything like that. So, um, you know, I'm not super interested in the backup, you know, competition, so to speak. I I do think ultimately Sanchez will win it. I think that – you know, I think that Sanchez is an alpha guy. I think he's someone who's going to, you know, can help kind of lead a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I just there, there's nothing there that gets me super excited. Do I think he'll be, be- better in a Chip Kelly offense than he was in a uh, Brian Schottenheimer offense? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's anything to write home about. Uh, and Patrick, too, that uh, more, you know, more things. in uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, Brandon did. Uh, Trinkle and Marcus Smith. I mean, does any do you really expect Marcus Smith to do really other anything other than you know being there on yeah, third down eventually here and there? Is the, or do you possibly see Marcus Smith taking over Trent Cole's position uh, in the middle of the year? I don't know about the middle of the year, maybe the end of the year, maybe. Um, but I think camp is kind of an interesting situation. OTAs and camp are kind of an interesting situation for Marcus Smith in that he was your first round pick, but you don't need him to start right away so you don't have to push him but he also plays a position where you can get him significant minutes and you can get him significant minutes at different positions so you can play him you can basically sub him out for any of the four linebackers uh god forbid somebody goes down if you lose D'Amico halfway through the year it'd be nice to have your first round pick step up um so yeah i'd like to see sort of i'd like to see the coaching staff and i think they will sort of work with him and make sure that he understands his role in the team um, and make sure that he can do it well instead of, you know, holding the red cape in front of uh, Trent Cole and saying, go get him. Another battle that I'm kind of interested in, only because I didn't really pay uh, too much attention to Matthew Tucker last year. Um, obviously, they somebody feels pretty comfortable about getting rid of Bryce Brown and having, uh, you know, Chris Polk be uh, or Matthew Tucker uh, be the, you know, number three guy behind uh, McCoy and Sproles. Brandon, any uh, uh, rooting interest there or anything you can tell us about Matthew Tucker that we don't already know? Well, I know the team likes him. Uh, I don't know to what extent. Now, obviously, he was on the practice squad last year after, you know, he had a pretty good preseason. I don't think he's anything special, but you saw a guy who was like, you know, this guy looks solid. Uh, at one point last year, you know, Chris Polk got hurt and... It wasn't serious enough that they had to put him on injured reserve, obviously, but they needed another running back. They needed another special teams player to fill his role. They called up Tucker from the practice squad, 
they cut Jordan Poyer in order to make room for him. And they, you know, they thought they were going to get Poyer back on the practice squad, but it turned out that he's, t- uh, the Browns actually claimed him. So obviously they liked him enough to, to risk losing another player. And then they kept him on the roster the whole rest of the year. You know, they could have just put him back on the practice squad, but they didn't want to risk that. So they kept him on the regular season roster and he, uh, or the right. Yeah. The regular season roster. And I don't think he was active. Uh, too often after Polk got healthy, he was usually you know one of the inactives. But clearly, they like him to some extent. You know, he's really in the mix there for a backup spot, along with the the Chris Polk and the uh, the the undrafted free agents the Eagles signed. Uh, I, I think backup running spots pretty interesting because you know you have Shady there, and you know he's the best in the league. Sorry, Adrian Peterson. You know you're <laughs> you're a great player, but you know Shady was the best last year. Uh, but you know, what do you have if Shady goes down? I mean, is Chris Polk the number two guy? I mean, I, I liked what I saw to Chris Polk in training camp last year, and I think he's better than some people think he might be. I think he's actually one of the best pass catching running backs on the team, too. What? Believe it or not, what? he is, yeah, I've seen oh, it. Yep. man, I don't know about that. Yes, I, he, well, no, 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 well, some hand issues, bud. I mean, no, he, Sproles he is the best. Sorry, okay. I forgot about All Sproles. Right. There we go. But he's he's probably better than Bryce Brown was, honestly. If you, I watched him in training camp, he was better than Brown. Uh, so I, I think you have a guy who, and Tucker, who's interesting, but like again, that just you don't have that clear backup, I feel like, at running back, and that's you know, it's kind of interesting, other than Sproles, but you know, I just don't know how much they're going to use Sproles as a running back at this point more you know they're probably just gonna use him more as a pest catcher well that's you know i think that's yeah i think this is the most important battle not only here but in training camp as well and you nailed it right on the head i i don't think sproles is carrying the ball at all behind the line of scrimmage uh very rarely so uh, in my mind this is the backup position this is the wheel change that you might need um to go in i'd like to see chris pulse take it uh take it over uh his hands need to improve in my opinion i know he can catch uh, me and brandon will disagree on that uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and the shoulder thing kind of, you know, uh, he had surgery, right? Yeah, he Wasn't did have major. Yes. Yeah, so yep. there's there's that going into there. You know, and I don't know, is do you guys think that Jalen Watkins does have a shot to take over one of the corners uh, on the jump here right away? or? I actually think that Nolan Carroll has a better shot to take over one of the corners on the jump. Yeah. I, I, I like Watkins long term. I really do. I think that he could be a starting cornerback on this team. But I think Nolan, Nolan Carroll's a little underrated. He's got he's the right size. I, I think that he, you know, when he did get to play in Miami, he looked good. You know, he's a good special teams player as well. He's going to be, a, you know, on the 46-man active a lot of the time, I would think. I think Carroll gets a better shot to start at corner before Watkins does. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. I was watching tape the other day, and uh, uh, he'll think his lucky stars that he doesn't have to play against Sproles anymore because <laughs> uh, whatever that – I think it was a Monday night game. He got burned twice by him. So I'm glad that they're on the same team together. Um, I'm not – yeah, I'm not so sure. Patrick, you – I don't know. I, I still don't – I'm not big on the cornerback depth still. Uh, I don't know how much this defense is actually going to improve. Uh, yes, there is uh, Marcus Smith, and yes, there is some extra depth there. Yeah, there's another safety. Uh, Patrick, do you feel that this defense is going to be any better than it was last year? I think it'll be more comparable to the defense we saw at the end of the year versus the beginning of the year. Uh, at least it better be. Yeah. But um, I, I, I expect it to take the next step. I'm not expecting them to show up and be a top 10 unit. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near there yet. 
Um, but they also don't really need to be It'd be nice, but they don't necessarily need to be. Um, what you want to see is is the guys who were in a four three all before chip um, have another year in the system and have another year of understanding of what's expected of them. Um, and you want to see that sort of progression happen. And I think that by itself makes a lot of difference. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The cornerback depth uh, doesn't make me super happy. Um, I think Jalen Watkins, you know, be awesome if he could push for a starting job, but I'm not uh, not really going to count on the rookies to do much of anything this season, um, at least on defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think as, as long as the veterans do the necessary things to, uh, you know, become more familiar with the system and, and sort of build from there that the defense will be a little bit better than it was uh, at its peak last year, but I'm not expecting leaps and bounds. James, I want to keep this as Deshaun light as possible because we obviously have been through the conversation a million times over. Yes, there has been some articles and fighting on Twitter back and forth. And by the way, we'd love to have you if you want to have it out. It'd be really fun. Uh, but um, do you think that this offense is going to be leaps and bounds above what it was last year? Just the same? I mean, what do you what do you really need uh, to, for that to be a thing other than like, you know, obviously seeing it on the field? What would you make you feel comfortable? It, is it Jordan Matthews? Is it Huff? Is it any one of those guys feeling more comfortable in this offense? I, I think there are so many variables there, and, and you mentioned a few of them, that it's really hard to make a, a ironclad statement one way or the other. Do I think it's going to be much better? No. Uh, but I also don't think it needs to be much better. The offense was, was pretty freaking good last year. I think that it's a lot more important that the defense takes a step forward if the offense can kind of even keep it at a similar level to what they were. I mean, you can't expect Nick Foles to do what he did last year. I mean, the guy rewrote records. You know, you expect him to be good. Uh, another year in the system, I think, is going to help everybody. And I do like Matthews a lot. I think he's going to add something in that slot position. I think that he's great in this type of system. I think he's good on bubble screens. He's going to be able to move with the ball. And, and I think Darren Sproles, it, it, just like what you said about Nolan Carroll, happy he doesn't have to play Darren Sproles. I think that's what pretty much everyone in the league says when Darren Sproles is not on their team. You know, no one wants to play Darren Sproles. He's one of those guys who, when you're a fan of the game, you're going into that Saints game, you're like, oh, God, I hope Darren Sproles doesn't make one of those ridiculous plays where he gets a, you know, a, a little screen pass and takes it 80 yards for a touchdown. He's that type of guy. He's a menace. He's terrifying to play against. So I think that's a huge addition to the offense and gives Chip another weapon to work with. But, you know, you are losing a guy who had 82 catches and, and over a thousand yards last year, you know, had a, had a great year for you guys. So I do think that there'll be some adjustment without Deshaun. Do I think the offense can be as good or better? Absolutely. Uh, but I think what Patrick alluded to, I think it's much more important that the defense takes even a, a minor step forward from where it was at its peak and, and another year in the 3-4. And again, I, I think we all agree Billy Davis really showed us something last year. So I, I do trust the guy. But my biggest problem with the defense is I, there's no guy on that defense where I feel that guy's going to step up for us in a big spot. Boykin made some great, you know, important interceptions. Uh, you know, D'Amico had a really great year and whatnot, but he's a year older, uh, and Boykin's a slot corner as much as, you know, he's the best slot corner in the league probably. But there's no one on the defense unless Michael Kendricks takes a step forward or Fletcher Cox takes a step forward who is going to create havoc. And I think that that's kind of what they're missing on the defensive side of the ball. BLG, you know, you see a lot of guys projecting numbers of, uh, you know, rookie wide receivers and rookie running backs. Um you know, snaps for, uh, you know, certain defensive guys. 
Can you do that type of projection in this type of system on both sides? I, it's, I, I, think it's, I think it's even harder to project how a rookie, especially a wide receiver or running back, is going to do in a system like this. Yes, you can look at a medium of, you know, 441 yards and that's it. But, you know, again, <laughs> Riley Cooper is left for dead. A lot of these guys left for dead uh, ended up having career years. So what do you think is going to happen with uh, Huff and Matthews? in this offense. See, that's a great point because you bring up the the case for why they could have an absolutely big year. I mean, you just can't count it out because it's Chip Kelly and there's so many playmakers around them where, you know, this isn't Jordan Matthews coming into the NFL and being Kelvin Benjamin on the Panthers where he's automatically their best receiver and you have to carry the entire offense. Like, this is a situation where he's coming in as option number, you know, four, five, whatever, you know. he's just He doesn't have to be the top option. He's coming into a system where, you know, there's going to be one-on-one matchups where he can win them. He's not going to be double-teamed like he was at Vanderbilt. So, you know, on that side, you know, you could say, yeah, they, the sky's the limit for them. Uh, not so much Huff. I, I, I think Huff is going to play special teams primarily and maybe, you know, he's going to get some offensive snaps, but, you know, J-Matt's the one who's going to get the majority. But then, you know, on the other side, you have to look at the historical context and keep expectations in check. You know, we, we always look at these draft prospects and say, you know, oh, you know, you get so excited about them watching their college tape. But, you know, you have to realize this is the NFL that cliche and the fact that you know guys are bigger bigger playbook you know you have to adjust to the speed of the game quote unquote and all of that good stuff so you know there's going to be an adjustment period I think you look at a guy like Matthews and think he's probably ready to play right away just because you feel like he's that kind of polished player as opposed to a guy who's more raw and has the upside but you know I, I think where you just the NFL isn't the case where you have these players who come in right away. I mean, there obviously are rookies play really well, but I just think the safe bet here is to assume you know they come in, they have a pretty decent season, and then year two is the year you know where they get a full off season with the team, like Zach Ertz is getting this year, and that's the year where you know, or even as late as year three, they need to step up and be big contributors. Absolutely, and you know, I just I don't know, guys. I I really do think that this offense is going to be better um and i'm and that's nothing against Deshaun. like he is a hell of a playmaker and i've said that a million times and he's the home run hitter um i just think that this is set up more where nick Foles can get the ball out quicker i think that was one of uh the you know biggest downfalls of him and now some of that's a lot of that's on nick too but at least there's the outlet options uh, that will get there quicker. I think Jordan Matthews is going to win a hell of a lot more battles than I think initially. Um, I think he actually starts starts out really hot. Uh, what am I basing that on? No, absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's just a feel of, hey, this guy, we don't have a book on him. Um, I, I think he is re- NFL ready, uh, especially in the slot position. I think just like Brandon said, he is going to make a lot of people look silly early, uh, and then you're going to have to account for him. Uh, what, whatever that equates to, maybe 700 yards this year, that would be a phenomenal rookie year for him, and, I, and I'll take that. I don't think that, uh, you know, you're going to have any game-breaking 1,200-yard rookie sensation type of feel with him, but I think he does more than uh, the average rookie that would step into the NFL, especially in this offense. So I expect big things out of it. 
Um, closing thoughts, guys. Anything you want to uh, get off your chest and or uh, chit-chat about with OTAs, Mr. Patrick Walgo? I will say this. Uh, when we're talking about the offense being better, I think one thing that we also have to think about is Nick Foles. Uh, as much as this offense really sort of chugged along at times and, and create a lot of jaw-dropping plays, um, I know in watching a lot of games with James Seltzer last season, uh, which I'll say again, if you've yeah, never done, buddy. you really should. But then the list of things to do before you die is watch a game with James. But there are there were a lot of times where, you know, there were still plays left on the field. I think the Vikings game was a good example of that. Um, you know, there's still, without even really changing that much X's and O's wise or even personnel wise, um, I think you can expect um, that level of familiarity in a season uh, under the collective belts of the offense will help and and create a uh, create a better product on the field and, and uh, I think that's something to be excited about. I mean, not too much going on right now. You know, obviously we have OTAs coming up. I uh, can't wait for training camp. That's going to be good this year. Uh, you know, not a ton going on. It's a couple of small things. You know, the Eagles resigned Ben. Uh, oh right, the Johnny Manziel thing happened, which is weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, the lawsuit. Not uh, Eagles related, but yeah, pretty weird. That was funny. Uh, you know, just it's that kind of time in the off season where you just have these weird stories popping up. Not nothing too much real going on. So, uh, you know, you, at this point, you just hope that you know James said this earlier in the show that everyone just stays healthy. Yeah, I'm going to go back to what Patrick said about the offense evolving in, in another year. Uh, I think, and I think I've said this in a previous podcast, but I, I think the biggest key this year might be Chip Kelly having another year in the league. I mean, we all saw, saw him make some rookie mistakes last year, whether it came to challenges or time management. Uh, I think that Chip has had a year to kind of feel out the league. He's got the locker room that he wants now. The players know him. The players believe in him. Uh, I think maybe, most importantly, the biggest leap we might see from year one to year two might not be the offense, might not be the defense or the special teams. It might be Chip Kelly, and, and that could end up being the most important leap of all. Razzle-dazzle! Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I, I couldn't agree more with that point. And let me tell you this as well, guys. Not only – so this is what I'm saying. If Chip gets better, this thing is not regressing. And I guarantee you that this team does not regress uh, as far as putting points on the bar, board, as far as, you know, everything across the board. If if there's a dip, this coaching staff is overrated. Uh, that's the, And that's the truth. If, if this ends up being an, an eight-win team, the coaching staff, in my mind, is overrated. All the stuff you heard – Forget about it because they didn't teach their players, um, which I don't think is going to happen. Look, you got the offensive line coming back healthy. That's a big, big, big thing. Just like uh, uh, James just said, you've got a guy that went 27-2 and two in the regular season. You've got one of the best running backs in the league. You've got Zach Ertz coming back for his, you know, his second year who looked damn impressive uh, weeks, you know, six through on. Uh I, I one I think there are a lot of people in this town that give one player way too much power. Uh, I, I do think that if you believe that there's going to be that type of regression because Deshaun Jackson's not here, then you also believe that the Washington Redskins should win five to seven more games this year. And I can't get down with that, man. Um, so you know, it, it's it's I understand everything has been colossally you know confusing. Uh, why are they doing this? I, if just from me, at least, wait until this season starts, baby. I think you're, everyone's going to be pleasantly surprised, and I can't wait to 
to go kick ass again. Football, please come back. I'm dying. The Phillies are terrible. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to BGN episode, uh, uh, BGN Radio episode number 31. For uh, BLG, for uh, James Zeltzer and Patrick Wall, I'm John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Oh,